Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Woo! So hot. See your big move is offensive line. Yeah. He's going to go... Just what he did with Drew Brees. He's going to get the biggest group of big Yes, there Shock on a red Woo! So hot. All right, that was Chris at the Super Bowl predicting accurately that Sean Payton was going to go out and get himself a group of big feckers to come in and block for Russell Wilson and company, and that's part of what Sean Payton did. We alluded to it earlier, the Broncos picking up Mike McGlinchey from the San Francisco 49ers, also adding Ben Powers to the offensive line and Chris Manhurts at tight end. So uh, the Broncos doing what they have to do to try to make that offense better around Russell Wilson. He's not going anywhere. Their challenge, their mandate is to try to make the offense better around him, Chris. Yeah, uh, this is the, all the – not only the this is what Sean Payton is all about from the Bill Parcells School of Coaching, big people, right? We talked about this you know, last week or the week before. Uh, this is what he believes in. He's going to control the line of scrimmage. And then added on top of that, he's going to – this is a huge process. And why I said that on the you know hot tub – a hot take tub tub machine there is just that he, he's gonna this is a huge process in rebuilding the confidence and the player of which who is Russell Wilson that's that's what this is about so not only does it fit his mantra and his attitude to how he wants to coach but now you know as we talked at the time he's going to be able to sell this to Russell hey look I got these guys up here don't you worry you're protected they got it figured out just listen to what I say about the coverage keep your eyes downfield hey you don't got to do it all yourself we got a good old line we're going to be able to run the ball so uh that's where you know it's it's a genius move I wasn't shocked to see him do it of course and you know Ben Powers is a gigantic guard from Baltimore right aren't they always gigantic from Baltimore and then McGlinch 
Bucci is a really damn good right tackle where, yeah, they were willing to spend a little extra cast to make sure they got that guy to, to help out their organization. They also added Zach Allen to a three-year deal no. at defensive end. They lost Great. Raymond Jones to the yeah. Seahawks. We'll talk about that coming up. So right. tell me what you think about Zach Allen. I, uh, Zach Allen is, is really, in a lot of ways, like a Draymond Jones, not quite as talented, but, I mean, can kind of do it all on the defensive front, defense end, can play defensive tackle. He's not going to be necessarily a sack machine, but he's going to be extremely disruptive. You know, feck the play up is going to be a thing with him. He will feck the play up oh, a lot. Yep, thank you, thank you. But, yeah, that's where he's good. You know, he's got a little bit of a – he's a poor man's J.J. Watt. Let's just say that to a degree. That's kind of how I would look at Zach Allen. But tough, physical, again, uh, the mantra of Sean Payton, what he had with the Saints, awesome run-stopping D-lines, big, powerful offensive lines. He's starting that in Denver. Uh, they, As I mentioned, Draymond Jones, they lose him to the Seahawks. We'll talk about that coming up. They re-signed linebacker Alex Singleton and added Jarrett Stidham, mentioned him couple of minutes ago the guy that we thought maybe would stay with the Raiders yeah he is a day one two-year ten million dollar deal with the Broncos to be a backup to Russell Wilson so spending some of that Walmart money right out of the gates I think Demarcus Walker's with the Bears not the Broncos but everybody else with the Broncos and uh, they're 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 doing what they can to make that team better yeah they are and, you know starting you know with the big guys up front uh, they put the receivers on notice a little bit by saying they were right up on the for you know conversations for trade talks. Hamler, Judy, Cam said he's putting the whole. He's going to put everybody on notice. Even Jared Stidham, it's a great signing. You know he's not going to have Johnny No Name backup quarterback. So oh Russell, you could just feel good about yourself every day and have B minus practices, but still be the best quarterback. He's not going to let that happen. He's going to have a guy behind him that's just good enough to go, hey, Russell, you, you're not doing real, real well. Well, Stidham right here is, you know, throwing the ball, making decisions, doing everything great. You better pick it up. You know, let alone if Russell gets hurt or doesn't play well, he's got a little insurance policy there. But I thought that was just the right touch to kind of hot poker Russell Wilson too. Not too threatening, but you can't sit back and just go, oh, well, yeah, I'm just – I'm Russell and I'm the starting quarterback and I'll dominate the day there too. So – uh, Sean Payton, we know he's he's got an edge to him, and he's bringing that to Denver right now. Yeah, and look, this is what you got to do. You, you and when you have the money, when you have the cap space, you know this is what the Jaguars did last year. Remember, they went out and they spent and they spent and they spent. Yeah, and it's just one of the devices, and sometimes it lines up in a way that allows you to do it. It requires you to do it. The Patriots did it a couple of years ago. When the Patriots did it, it kind of normalized it. It used to just be bad team flush with cash and cap space doing dumb stuff now we recognize and respect the possibility that there can be a strategic effort to going out and using early free agency signings as a way to make your team better now the Patriots didn't necessarily jump into the pool early they let the market settle down and that's always the smarter way to do it but I think from the Broncos perspective Screw it. Let's go do it. We need to turn this team around. We're going to go get these guys. Even if we have to pay a little bit of a premium, so be it. And may maybe they right. didn't have to pay a huge premium because it's a new day there now. Great ownership, great fan base, great head coach. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe some of these guys were swayed by that. Maybe all things equal, they, they decided they wanted to go yeah. to Denver. I don't think it's a hard sell. I mean, it's not a hard sell. You and I both know it's an awesome stadium. It's an awesome fan base, right? 
You know, they, they, they've, they've won before. Uh, they treat the players the right way there. I know it's new ownership, but I certainly wouldn't think it's, you know, going in the wrong way with, with, the, with that family, the Walton family. So, and then you got Sean Payton on top of that. Yeah. And then you got a quarterback that had a rough year, but still, I mean, you're going there, you're going, damn, we still got Russell Wilson. And we, Sean Payton with him, we think it's going to be the old Russell Wilson. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're going in the right direction there. And, you know, I have a feeling we'll see more moves and some, uh, some aggressive things from that Denver group out there, you know, before this free agency is over. We mentioned Jesse Bates earlier leaving the Bengals. He landed with the Falcons, who went out and spent like crazy on Monday, adding also defensive tackle David Onyemata, linebacker Caden Ellis, and just breaking now, what? Taylor Heineke. Wow. Quarterback yeah. in Atlanta. So nice. That's a um, nice look, sign. I still think I still think it, I, it what, where does he fit with Desmond Ritter? I don't know. I don't know. Great either. backup or competition, or are they both just waiting around to see what big move they may make, whether it's a rush to get Lamar Jackson or a, a, a first round pick if they stay put or trade up to try to to get a long-term answer. Although I feel like they I mean like just got Desmond Ritter last year. I mean, I don't I don't think they should give up on him after one year. They're in a great position to draft a quarterback if one falls to them, but I think that's part of the tension. We want to see what Ritter has, but we may be in a position to do better this year. Taylor Heineke, I guess would be the insurance against Ritter either getting injured or just flopping, but but we'll see. Bottom line is He's another guy off the market at the quarterback position. He'll be in Atlanta, and uh, the Falcons. Uh, I respect it. Seven and ten last year. Seven and ten the year before. They're doing what they have to can- have to do to try to get better. Uh, yeah, they, like I, I love everything they did yesterday. Right? I mean everything. First off, you know, uh, re-signing Chris Lindstrom right to the five-year extension. He's the best guard in football. He was my first team All-Pro vote. I mean, he's he's the man. He's Zach Martin four years ago. This is the best guard in the game. Just a road grader. He's awesome in the run game. He's really good at pass protection. Then, like Mike, we know they want to run the ball. That's it's it's Arthur Smith. It's where he came from. Tennessee wants to play that style. Oh, okay. Oh, let's couple another tight end. You know, along with Kyle Pitts. So now, okay, we got two tight ends, smash mouth football. We got our running backs. We're going to run it down your throat. Oh, hey, you brought in big people to play defense. Oh, oh, now we're spread out. You know, Jonas Smith and Kyle Pitts both can split out and be dangerous a receiver. Let alone, you know, Drake London is another receiver there. So they got some things working there. And then, you know, new defensive coordinator who came from New Orleans. He does what we see a lot of teams do. Brings a guy, David Onyemata there, right? Kind of, again, spread the culture, know what to expect. Good interior defense alignment. They need help there. They're, they're not enough you know, interior difference makers or difference makers on their defensive line altogether and get Jesse Bates. I like it all. The quarterback thing's interesting, Mike. I really don't have a feel for what the Falcons are doing. I, I, their signs are pointing that I believe them and what what they're saying is that they're going to give Desmond Ritter a chance. I wasn't sure about that. I'm not so sure I would do that. I'm just going to say that, you know, it was right on the fence of, yeah, it was, you know, hey, good for a rookie who got put in the end of the year. But also I was like, oh, I don't know if I saw a lot of high-end stuff that made me believe, like, this is the future. But with this type of signing with Heineke, 
you know, I'm like, you kind of explained it well. I, I'm, it makes me think that, hey, they got Ritter's going to be the guy and Heineke's going to be there as a really awesome 1A or backup in, in case things don't work out. You mentioned John U. Smith. That's a guy that was acquired via trade with the Patriots. And this is one of the cautionary tales because it's, it's easy to say, oh, I like that move. Oh, I like that move. Oh, I like that move. And there's reason to be excited about teams being aggressive to make their teams better. Yeah. But John U. Smith was the guy who came in with Hunter Henry two years ago right. in New England. And in 2021, after, after his contract year performance in Tennessee with 41 catches, 448 yards, and eight touchdowns, he had 28 for 294 and one touchdown in 2021. Last year, appearing in 14 games with eight starts, he had 27 catches for 245 yards and no touchdowns. So, you know, sometimes yeah. guys just don't click. It doesn't work. We have to see what happens moving forward. But, you know, the money's there. Teams have cash. Teams have cap space. They're doing what they have to do to try to get yeah. better. But uh, could become a great compliment to Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. But but the quarterback position, I think, is going to be the key there. What are they going to do? Ritter, Heineke, and TBD possibly right. in that quarterback room for uh, twenty twenty. And John U. Smith, Mike, to your point, beyond. too, you know, they know him a little bit. Arthur Smith was with him in Tennessee, right? So it's not as a, maybe as a gamble for him. But, yeah, it – it never got going with the Patriots, to your point. It's just he got off to a little bit of a rough start. It's like he kind of felt the pressure from that whole thing once it got right. It was almost like Evan Ingram in, in New York where he just started bad and people didn't get off his back and he can never kind of regain his footing. And we'll see here, you know, if a, a, a fresh start with some familiar faces can get him back on track a little bit. The Bears had plenty of cash. Uh, space going into free agency even after acquiring the contract of DJ Moore and they spent plenty of it. Couple of linebackers, TJ Edwards from the Eagles, Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills. They added defensive end Demarcus Walker from the Tennessee Titans. Also guard Nate Davis to a three year deal as they try to try to bolster the wall of protection for quarterback Justin Fields. Not that he needs a lot because he can buy a lot of time with his feet, but still you got to have some decent offensive linemen if you want to be a decent team. The Bears and GM Ryan Paul is doing what they have to do this year. They didn't have the cap space last year to do it. Last year was more tear it down. This year, Chris, has used free agency to help build it up. Yeah. I mean, draft picks, got DJ Moore, right? We talked about it yesterday. Offense is really in a pretty good spot. You know, they added the offensive lineman in Nate Davis. They could probably add one other one. I wouldn't be, you know, I'd, I'd be shocked actually if they didn't. But now it's, it's like kind of what we talked about yesterday too when we were talking about the Panthers Bears trade. They can really focus on the defense. They got the offense almost in the the spot they need it, want it, whatever. Might be a few finishing touches. But now Matt Eberflus with all the things you explained. I mean, you know, all the money they got. You know, and for a guy like him where his defensive scheme is kind of rooted in the Seattle scheme to a degree, he's got a lot of wrinkles and things he does off of it. I, I'm a big fan of Matt Eberflus and what he does on the defensive side of the ball. To me, he got, he got his Bobby Wagner and his K.J. Wright, right? He got, he got that. that. It's imperative to this scheme. They need athletic linebackers. He was with the Colts. He had Shaquille Leonard and Walker, right? He had some guys there that could run. And cover a lot of ground, good in the pass game, shoot gaps. Now he's got two guys just like that. And linebackers, when you get two, I think TJ Edwards is a phenomenal player. I think he's underrated, actually. Tremaine Edmonds is a freak of nature. Linebackers change your team, I think, maybe, or defense more than any other position. 
because now they're just in the middle. They're so involved with every play. And we see most good defenses have freaky, fast middle linebackers that make you as a quarterback go, whoa, they're a fast team because they're just flying all over the place right in front of your face. Uh, it's going to change their defense. Great signings, I thought, by the Bears to get both of those guys and the Demarcus Walker, who plays a bunch of different positions too on the D-line, Mike. It's one of the things I remember you saying about looking across the line at a Ravens defense with Ray Lewis. and Right. You know, just adds to the stress of the quarterback. And who's the guy they always point out? And I know it has to do with the pass protection coverage, and he's the pivot point, but they always point out the mic. Yes. They point out anybody but the mic. Right. Got to know where the mic is. <laughs> yeah, you got to know where the mic is. But, yeah, those are the guys that are front and center. And, you know, like the quarterback has the ball in his hands every play. Well, on the defense side, you know, the middle linebacker, the two backers in the middle there, they're kind of involved in just about every play in the game. And yes, like my experiences with Ray Lewis and that crew or the Bears with, you know, Erlocker and Brent, uh, Lance Briggs, I mean, it changed the, the feel. It just felt like anytime I wanted to throw a five or an eight yard pass over the middle, I just felt, man, they're so fast. They're all over this, all over this stuff. Man, it's risky throwing the ball around those guys. And then the run game, you know, every time you hand the ball, you're like, oh, there's Erlocker in the hole. Oh, there's Lance Briggs in the hole. You know, so those guys set the attitude for the defense. And, you know, I'm sure they're not going to be done on that side of the ball. But, damn, those are two awesome additions to start off free agency. And, again, culture, get things the way you want it, scheme fit, all of that made sense with uh, those two guys in the middle. Panthers also spending some money. They made the news on Friday, jumping up from number nine to number one in the draft, adding safety Von Bell from the Bengals, defensive tackle Shy Tuttle from the Saints, and kept center Bradley Bozeman. Not huge moves, but just just kind of like, hey, Panthers, we see you're out there. We see you're trying. And, and again, they don't need to do a lot. They're not That's, like the Bears not or the far Broncos. Off, right. There's gaping holes that need to be filled. This is more fine-tuning. That's right. It's a young team, right, that's got a lot of talent across the roster and yeah, this is. I think you're saying exactly right. Now, hey, it's another. We got some good corners. We got Jeremy Chin at safety. Now we got Von Bell to go with it. You know, who can do a lot of the same things Jeremy Chin does. So there's some interchangeable parts there. Uh, so that's where I love it. And then even with the Shy Tuttle, one thing that bothered me about the Panthers a little small on defense. They're small in the middle. Shy Tuttle above 300 pounds. It'll free up their other freak of nature, Derek Brown, on the inside, to where now he doesn't always have to be maybe the shade nose tackle. They can make him the three technique. He can be one on one with guards instead of being over the center and double teamed by the center and the guard every play. So it allows them to get bigger and move Derek Brown around. Yeah, the Panthers are one of those teams, Mike. We hit on it, I think, a little yesterday. It's you know we'll see what they do with the draft a quarterback, but. There's, there's parts and pieces there for them to be relevant in the NFC South and certainly be one of the major players there. We're going to take a break. When we return, a little free agency rapid fire, plus some news of a receiver. Uh-oh. Potentially agreeing to terms in a piece that may help solve the puzzle we were talking about earlier as it relates to the destination of a certain number 12. Uh-oh. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Patrick Peterson exiting the Minnesota Vikings for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wanted to stay in Minnesota. The Steelers keep him on a two-year deal, which is basically a one-year $7.15 million contract. And uh, again, my son, uh, my son complained about Patrick Peterson until... 
he agreed to turn with the Steelers. Now he's pining for Patrick Peterson to change his mind like Anthony Barr once did and stay with the Minnesota Vikings. And again, that's, a, that's an important reminder. All these deals that were done yesterday, players changing one team for another, hey. not official until Wednesday at 4 p.m. And a guy can change his mind. You All never right. know. Right. You never know. A little sweetener. Maybe some third party gets involved. You never know. I give Minnesota credit for making some of these moves they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. It had been very easy for them to be looking at their team going, hey, we did really good, and yeah, the defense, was, but we still won the games, and we can still keep this together, and we'll just get a little better on that defense. You know, good for them to rip the Band-Aid off and go, this is not sustainable. There's no way. You know, they're probably looking at it going, I don't even know how the hell we – how the fick did we win that many games with that defense last year is probably what they're saying. So I will give them credit. Uh, but, yeah, Patrick Peterson to the Steelers, he'll, he'll help them out a little bit. And, and look, it's not like the defense is going to get any worse. They could That's get rid I mean. of every yeah. defensive player they had last year and start from scratch, and it's not going to get any worse than it was last year, especially against – the Giants in the playoffs. I remember Jason Garrett turning after the first drive of the game and saying to me, Wow, that looked really easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 this isn't good. <laughs> so, uh, all right, uh, maybe good for the other team in New York, the Jets, getting closer to shedding light on what the guy who spent a couple of days in a darkened closet plans to do because the reports are surfacing that receiver Alan Lazard is close to signing with the Jets. And I would submit to you that the Jets have no reason to sign Alan Lazard if they are not also trading for right. his only quarterback in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. They would not because there was a question like, would they even want Lazard if they have Rodgers? Well, they don't want Lazard if they don't have Rodgers. That's for damn sure. And it makes me wonder – is there going to be a receiver or two tucked into the package that goes back to Green Bay? But uh, Lazard close to signing with the Jets. Again, not official until tomorrow after 4 p.m. Eastern. But it pushes us closer to Rodgers joining the Jets. Chris. Yeah, this is in line with what we were hearing, right? I mean, it's just, I didn't know exactly the players or whoever was associated. I thought Alan Lazard might be. But, that yeah, these were the the ducks that were being put in a row here to, to finalize the finishing touches on Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Lazard makes a lot of sense. I mean, one, he's a damn good football player. He really is. He's got great size. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He's a comfort zone for Aaron Rodgers, and he's a messenger for Aaron Rodgers, more importantly. That's what I was kind of trying to say earlier. He's a tentacle in the receiver room. Oh, no, no, hey, hey, Garrett Wilson, you know, hey, listen, Rodgers likes when we run the slant route like this, you know. Hey, Rodgers, when he gives you this signal, he's kind of expecting, hey, he sees this, so be ready, right? That, that's where he's going to have great value, not only on the field and got comfort and a lot like a tight end with, like, how big he is and, you know, quarterback friendly he is. But I think it is the other part of that and what he can do in the meeting rooms and the practice field to convey Rodgers' messages to the rest of the guys is really just about as important to what he'll do on the field. Yeah, um, so the clock keeps ticking toward the Rodgers decision, but this is the biggest move yet we've seen unrelated to Rodgers showing that Rodgers is about to be joining the New York Jets via trade. Let's go ahead and take a break. We've got plenty more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting 
lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Play action. Birdie gets the center round, looks left, oh, got hit. Up in the air, and it is a dime. So a rough way to start. Is Birdie okay? Johnson goes under center, seven-step drop, gets hit by Dominic Sue. Fluttering ball, incomplete, and almost intercepted by Darius Slay. Johnson slow to get up. He's your only quarterback. And that was the NFC Championship game. It ended at that moment because the 49ers didn't have another quarterback. They went with Brock Purdy, who couldn't throw the ball, in lieu of Christian McCaffrey, who had the wristband with all the plays. He was their emergency guy. And that all happened because... The 49ers didn't have a third quarterback in uniform that day. We mention that because for some reason the NFL decided on the first day of free agency, for feck's sake, to announce these proposals like, folks, what are you doing? Where's the PR mindset? Friday, they're they're announcing the trade up from nine to one between the Panthers and bears after everyone's gone home for the weekend. And then now we're focused on free agency. We get the team proposals for rule changes. Are you kidding me? Unless the competition committee just wants to minimize the team proposals, but they all landed yesterday and the lions have proposed going back to the third quarterback rule. And Chris, I'm curious about your input on this because uh, not that I'm never curious about your input, but specifically because you were a quarterback and you know, quarterbacks as well as anyone. The rule used to be you could have a 46th guy in uniform if he was a quarterback, right? It was your emergency quarterback. Right. The third quarterback who could enter the game at any point in the first three quarters. If he did, the other two couldn't return. And in the fourth quarter, he could come and go as he pleased. That was the rule. But then they decided, let's just give teams a 46th guy, and they can dress whoever they want. It doesn't have to be a quarterback. So what happens is the teams don't dress a third quarterback. They, they dress someone else, yeah. they use someone else, and right. they gamble on not losing their two quarterbacks. So now they want to have the third quarterback rule brought back. It already exists. You could just use the 46th uniform for your third quarterback, and if you choose to make that gamble, then, you know, if it blows up on you, that's that's the bet you made. And the other point that, that I, I try to make in this context, if you get down to your game day number three – how good is that guy going to be anyway? 
you're kind of already screwed if you get down to game day number three. Yeah, no, I mean you you certainly yeah you know you're 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 going to be treading water. I mean you're, you're going to be yeah running uphill there. It's not going to be ideal, but at least it'll give you a fighting chance to where you can run an offense and and you know unlike the NFC Championship game, have a drop back pass play every now and then, right? So I'm like, yeah, that's what I wasn't sure about that either, right? Are they talking about the third quarterback thing? I think they're talking about the third quarterback thing as like the, you know, wait, we want the 46 the way it's been. Now give right. us number 47. Right. Give us the 47th, right. right? And I hope they also don't do that dumb rule that we just talked about, where it's, oh, if he comes in in the second or third quarter, the other guys can't go in. It's, what, why? What, what, what's, what's the point of that? What are we doing? Right, I, I, there used to be a reason why they they said they used to do that. It didn't make sense then. I can't remember it, and that's why it wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, I don't the understand emergency quarterback. It yeah. was what they're trying to avoid in the NFC Championship, where the game's unwatchable because there's no quarterback available. That's that's what that rule was about. You have an emergency quarterback in the event your first two quarterbacks get injured. They want to go back to that by adding a 47th man to the roster. And, yeah. Chris, they'll do that, and then five or seven years from now, they'll just say, ah, just dress anybody for the 47th man, and we'll be right, we'll be right back where we were. And I'm a proponent of dressing more guys than fewer guys. I think in today's NFL, there's nothing wrong with 47, 48, 49, or even 50 guys in uniform on game day. No, I, I don't understand why we, you know, penny pinch with that stuff either. Isn't it ultimately about, like, you know, yeah, the best performance that for not only the teams on the field, for what the fans see, and then, you know, player su- safety and all that too. And, yeah, an extra three or four guys. Now, hey, now maybe my starting linebacker doesn't have to run down on kickoff coverage, you know, every time, things like that. It gives you a little wiggle room. I wouldn't be opposed to that either, Mike. But the third quarterback thing not only makes sense from the team standpoint and all the things we said there too, but just the league, the overall look. Why would you want the product to just look like total crap if two guys get hurt on a given Sunday and now you're, oh, no, we're in a tough spot here. Let's just make sure we have that insurance policy all the time so we don't get stuck watching some crap game on a Sunday. As it's proposed by the Lions, teams would designate a third quarterback from the inactive list of the practice squad who would be eligible to enter a game in the event the first two quarterbacks are ruled out. So they would both have to be out and done for the third guy to come in. Uh, just dress a third quarterback and use a third quarterback if you want to use a third quarterback. Again, when you get down to the third guy on the depth chart, you're not talking about John Unitas in his prime. You're talking about a guy that's barely hanging on a roster and uh, let him wear a uniform and be available to avoid what we saw in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles have proposed the 4th and 20 onside kick alternative. We've seen that used in the XFL this year. I think they've used it in the past. It's a way to... um, you know, further minimize the kickoff play, which the NFL regards as dangerous. And the onside kick, even though they've made some tweaks to it, it still is a play that entails a lot of risk because you have guys crashing into each other at the highest speed they can generate without much distance between them when they get started. This 4th and 20 alternative, and I, we've talked about this in the past, yeah. I don't know that it's going to have enough yeah. votes. It's never come close. Uh, you get into all sorts of screwy permutations, whether it's a, a an illegal contact foul, a tug of the jersey like we saw in the Super Bowl that was so controversial to extend a drive, right. or or just a, a lucky break where a guy slips behind the defense because they're guarding the sticks and they're not guarding the end zone, and a guy goes for a touchdown. you got to guard the whole field if you're the defense in a setting like that. But this is going to keep coming up. I feel like it's inevitable at some point. 
they're going to really try to get 24 votes because this is something the commissioner first mentioned 10 or 11 years ago in a Time Magazine profile as something he wanted to see in place of the onside kicks. So yeah. We'll see how that plays. I mean, I, I hear all that you're saying, you know, and they're valid points. You know, like I said, and like we said last year when we talked about this, one, it's going to favor the, the teams that have the elite quarterbacks on fourth and 20. It is. Now, oh, we're a running football team. We like to, oh, well, damn, they got Mahomes. That's fourth and 20. Oh, another onside kick recovered. Oh, great. I don't know if I really want to see that. And then all the things you talked about. I mean, again, we can't forget in week seven of the NFL season, not the Super Bowl, but in week seven, if you blow in the guy's ear, it's pass interference. So we're going to be, oh, he threw the ball into quintuple coverage. Oh, and somebody touched his foot first down. He threw a ball four yards over the middle and had pressure into quintuple coverage, and we're going to reward him. You know, and then it's going to be like NBA basketball. Just tune into the last two minutes, and you'll figure out who plays, who's going to win. That's what it's going to become. And, you know, I hear this, too, with the onside kick. First off, teams are getting better with the onside kick. It's becoming a little bit more, wait, you can get it. We're seeing that. And, like, Mike, you know, your point you make about the player safety thing, I saw a little of that on social or online yesterday, too. But what, throwing a jump ball over the middle on 4th and 20 is going to be good for player safety, too, so guys can run into each other at full speed and have eye contact? That's where I would just push back on that thought that's out there all the time. I just think the NFL needs to be as creative as possible if it's concerned about making the game safer. I like the XFL kickoff. It almost looks like an electric football game before you turn it on. All those guys are out there stationary as the ball sails down, and they're only 10 yards apart. The idea is reducing that full yeah, speed collision, I get you. those big collisions that yep. are unnecessary. So if the onside kick, if you want it safer and it makes it harder for the team that's trailing to recover, remember the commissioner said – about 10 years or so ago, he always roots for the team that's trailing. You want to give the team that's behind a chance to come back. They always thump their chests about the close games, the come-from-behind games. And if they think this makes it easier for teams to come from behind, it's something they'll consider embracing. Something the Chargers want the league to embrace. A seeding change for the playoffs that could let the wildcard team host division champions if the division champion is below 500 and the wildcard team has four or more wins than the division champion. It's happened several times over the past 20 years where a team with a far inferior record as a division champion hosts a wildcard team with a better record. This isn't going anywhere. I've been told time and again, there's never going to be 24 owners that vote for this because when you are in a division, you're one of four teams, and all you have to do to host a playoff game is be the best of those four teams in any given year. The owners are not going to want to give up the home playoff game when you're the best of four teams. And yeah, you could be in a really tough division or you could be in a really bad division. Either way, it's a one in four shot in theory. Any given year, you're going to host a playoff game. That's why they're never going to give that up, no matter how bad that division champion is, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't doubt. I, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I, I doubt that happens either. I will say I like this you know, proposal. It's the best one I've seen yet as far as this conversation. Yeah, below 500 and the other team has four more wins than that. Okay, so, you know, and, um, Pete did a good job here throwing some info us. It's happened four times, you know, or since the, since the uh, uh, 2002 expansion in the NFL. But to your point, and I think another reason why it won't happen, it's happened four times, and two times that team that had the, you know, four less wins than the team they played, they won the game. 
Because, again, I think there is things like you're talking about that play into it. Strength of schedule. Wait, our division was really good. Or, you know, maybe we had a few Home injuries. advantage. Yeah, maybe we had a few injuries, you know, during the mid part of the year. And we're better than a, you know, an eight and nine football team. We just, we were beat up and we made the run and showed our true selves at the end of the year. So, you know, it's one I haven't been in favor of, but this one would make me think about it a little bit. Well, the the one that stands out most at the Beastquake game in Seattle, right? When the Saints had the better record as the wild card, the Seahawks won the division with a seven and nine mark. But it's that place where they, you know, they they literally set the Richter scale off when Marshawn Lynch ran for the touchdown. You get the home field advantage. They had played that game in the Superdome in New Orleans. The Saints are more likely to win. So. Uh, I, I don't think the rule is going to change because you're going to need 24 owners who are willing to abandon that one and four shot at hosting a playoff game, no matter how bad your record is. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll uh, further discuss the ongoing free agency frenzy in the NFL. More PFT Live right after this. rapid fire from the first day of free agency let's begin with this question more impactful signing on the defensive line chris draymond jones from the broncos to the seahawks or dalvin tomlinson from the vikings to the browns by way of the giants where he originally got his career started yeah listen i both i don't want to do you know you know disservice or not do the they're both impactful they are you know, the Browns needed some big people in the middle of their defense. But in this one, I'm going to choose Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones is really one of the best defensive linemen that people don't know about in the NFL. And I know people who are in the weeds or are Broncos fans, they know who he is. But, damn, he is a F-the-play-up guy, right, and can do a lot of different things in the D-line. And the Seahawks needed a difference maker on their front seven, and they got that in Draymond. Yeah, look, I again, the, anybody that played on the Vikings defense last year has a has a, a taint. Uh, that that it's, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to cry many tears about Vikings defensive players leaving, given how bad the defense was last year. More important important cornerback re-signing: Jamel Dean staying with the Buccaneers or Jonathan Jones staying in New England. Chris, yeah, I like Jonathan Jones. We know they value DBs in New England, but I'm going to go with Jamel Dean. I mean. One, uh, the, 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 the Bucks, Todd Bowles, the defense he plays, he's famous for blitzing. We know that. He puts pressure on those corners outside. They're in a lot of one-on-one type of situations, so I'll go with Jamel Dean for the Buccaneers in that one. Yeah, I mean, look, the Patriots, they, they played the game where they didn't tag Jones, and they, they got him signed even before the – signing period open which yeah. further confirms that there's tampering they knew what was out there the agent knew what was available for jonathan jones he decided to stay with the new england patriots and uh, the patriots are just in kind of a weird spot now i don't know where they fit in the rest of the afc east especially if aaron Rodgers becomes a member of the jets so all the more reason to have jonathan jones around if you got to deal with aaron Rodgers twice a year more impactful defensive back signing patrick peterson to the steelers we talked about him briefly earlier or cam sutton from the steelers to the lions peterson's a still a good player but damn cam sutton's damn good he, he's a, a little bit like i just talked about with Dray, uh, uh, draymond jones is he's one of those guys that 
you know, is, is kind of under the radar as far as the, you know, better corners in football are concerned. I mean, and the, and the Steelers the last few years, you know, they've, they've put pressure on their corners. He's played a lot of man-to-man. He tackles. He does it all. And the Lions stink in the secondary. I got to think they're going to sign somebody else or even draft somebody in the first round. Uh, so I, I would say it's more impactful to Cam Sutton to the Lions. All right, we're going to take a quick break, wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Well, look at that. We assume that if you spend in free agency, it's not going to make you better. Recent teams that have gotten dramatically better by going out and spending early in free agency or later that's the key the Patriots waited a little while and then spent in 2021 at a time when not many teams had cap space but if you if you do it right you can make your team better and we see Chris this era of the NFL every year every team is dramatically different you're going to have a combination of homegrown rookies who are working their way up plus guys that you bring in from other teams. And I think the league has adjusted to that. It's one year at a time, one season at a time. And this is the the major moment in the offseason when veterans rush to new destinations. Yeah, I mean, the ability to capitalize in free agency and build in the draft, I mean, that's that's what it's all about right there in the NFL. And I think with a lot of these, you kind of saw a combination of both where it came together the right way, the mixture there to make it happen. But, yeah, you – I mean, one, hey, spend a lot of money. More times that means, yeah, it's it's more talented players on your team, Mike, right? And then it leads into the conversations we always have. Just now it, it changes the belief in the locker room. And, oh, whoa, we got this guy and that guy and this guy. Whoa, we can win. We can do this. And then it starts to create a culture of winning and belief there that is very tangible in the NFL locker room. So, yeah, there's some some big value in that. And you know, I look at the Bears and what they did yesterday and go, oh, watch out. That could be a team that can end up being a pain in the ass for people next year. With a lot of the big names already gone, keeping an eye on Orlando Brown, what yeah. happens with him. We talked earlier, he may be overpricing himself a little bit. No running backs have signed or been traded. Receivers other than Alan Lazard, nothing's happening. Crazy. So, still plenty of action to go on today and tomorrow. Yeah, there is. The receiver thing's pretty shocking, and I'm interested to see when that starts to go here. We'll have full updates at PFT, and we'll break it all down tomorrow. Everybody have a great Tuesday. See ya. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.